0: So good to see you this morning, whether you're here in person or online, we're so glad that you're here to worship and we're going to get into the word this morning and, and talk just a little bit as we continue in our series uh, called Insta Family. We're of course pinging off of Instagram and the idea that families on Instagram are always smiling and on vacation and all that good stuff. But that's not reality. Reality is that families go through difficult seasons and difficult stages. And, and the Bible speaks to each one of those stages in a way that helps us to navigate them successfully. And so we've talked, of course, so we started out celebrating Mother's Day. We talked about single life and dating principles. We talked about marriage. We talked about parent the parenting season. Then last week we talked about when conflict arises in whatever season of the family, and today, of course, we're talking to our graduates and parents of graduates specifically, but for all of us, uh, in, in a message we're simply calling "When the Kids Leave Home," and we're talking about that transitional season and the role that we all have in it. I'm excited to welcome uh, to the stage today, Pastor Luke Davis, is our student ministries pastor. So, Pastor Luke, come on. Let's welcome Luke as he comes to the stage.
1: Bridge family, I, listen, I don't know about you, but I am easily entertained. I, I'm serious now. It doesn't take a lot to pique my interest. I mean, those YouTube videos of those guys making those basketball shots from like a 13-story tower, I mean, they just they lure me in. i got to see what happens. Maybe it catches you up too. You know, when you're just scrolling through Facebook or something, and you see this video with a catchy title, you want to know, how does it end? Well, the other day, I'm on line and I see this video and you're going to be like, Pastor Luke, man, that is lame. But it was of squirrels. It was of squirrels. I see this guy who has put an obstacle course in his backyard for squirrels to jump on and go through. And I'm like, man, this guy has no time. And then I realize I'm the guy watching the guy who's made the squirrel obstacle. And so it just hits me, man. What, what am I doing? But I see, I didn't realize that in that video I would actually learn something pretty profound. Because see what happens at the end of that story is this squirrel gets to the end and he stands on this piece of wood that catapults him up into the air, safely into a net. And what I noticed was pretty incredible. And so I brought that clip with me today for you to check out. The first critical moment is right here. He's already done the predictive math, and he's locked his head on the spot where he plans to land. And now his head will not lose that lock the whole way down. What's crazy is the time it takes him to do all the predictive math to know exactly where he will land and to lock his head is 300 milliseconds. That's exactly this long, literally less than the blink of an eye. 300 milliseconds. 300 milliseconds is all it took for that squirrel to decide where he was going to land and then shift his body to follow where his sights were locked. And so if I had to describe the experience and the feelings that a graduate's going through right now, or maybe even a graduate's parents, it would be, Like that squirrel, you kind of feel like you're up in the air. I mean, there's a lot of things that you're having to decide right now, a lot of feelings and emotions that you're feeling, and it kind of feels like you're like this squirrel just got launched up into the air. And so for students, you're trying to figure out where you want to go with your life. Students, what you want to do, you're trying to figure out how you're going to get there and how you're going to convince your parents that this is what you want to do with the rest of your life you have so many things to pack up before you leave home, so many sentimental things, a lifetime of things to pack up and leave. And so you're probably wondering, what am I going to do now? You are quite literally up in the air. And so I've been in student ministry for quite some time, and I've seen many graduates go off to college, and I've seen that transition for parents and and I know that there are just mixed emotions that parents feel but you know I want to kind of lean into Pastor Jim and and kind of ask you you know you've been in this position before where you've seen your kids go off what kind of emotions did you feel
0: well uh, after the emotion of relief we're going to be empty nesters now is the amazing fear can I get an amen (laughs) did I do enough to prepare them for what they're about to experience yeah can I get an amen I mean, that's the greatest fear for every parent that comes into this place is, did I do enough? Did I prepare them enough? Did I role model enough? Are, are, are they ready? And is there something I could have, should have, would have done differently? Yeah,
1: yeah. So we get it. Graduates, we get it. Parents, we get it. There's a lot of different things that you're probably experiencing right now. And so students, and just a little bit, some of you are just going to have to wave by to your parents as you start this new chapter on your own. I mean, getting the plans in place are half of it, but actually executing the plans, well, that's a totally different thing. Parents, you have to drop your child off wondering, will they remember everything that I taught them? Students, you have to find the balance in between academic life and social life. Parents, you have to trust that they're taking their studies seriously. And students, you have to take full responsibility or of your actions in maybe a way you've never done before. Now, listen to me. This season of life that you are approaching is so full of freedom, probably the most freedom that you'll ever experience in your life. But how in the world do you navigate this time in such a way so that when you look back, you don't regret it? I believe it's by asking this one simple question. Where? Do I want to land? Where, students, do you want to land? Would you pray with me? God, we love you. And we thank you for this time together. I pray that you would open up our hearts to your word. And I pray, God, that you would press your word into our heart, Lord. And I pray, Father, that you would bring about transformation. God, I pray that you would just open up our eyes. You would open up our ears. To your Holy Spirit, and I pray, God, that in this moment, your Spirit would just speak to us right where we're at through your Word. God, we love you. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. All right, so turn with me to Matthew chapter 14. Look at Matthew chapter 14 with me. Now, preceding the, the verses that we're going to be looking at, starting with 22, is the story that I'm sure most of you are familiar with. Jesus has just fed over 5,000 people with five loaves of bread and two fish. The disciples got to witness that. They got to see that take place. And you can imagine kind of the amazement that they experienced as they watched Jesus work in that way. And so now everything's kind of dwindling down, people are full, it's time for Jesus and his disciples to move on, and so Jesus tells them, in Matthew 14, it says, immediately he made the disciples, everybody say it with me, he made the disciples, come on, I believe you can do better than that, he made the disciples, yes, get into the boat and go before him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowds. He made them go to the other side. I don't know why he had to make them get into the boat. Maybe they were kind of trying to stay back and help Jesus clean up. I don't know. Maybe it was because one of the last times they were in the boat with Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew, this big old storm came up and Jesus was asleep on the boat. Now, at that moment, all they had to do was wake Jesus up. Hey, Jesus, fix this. But now Jesus is telling them to go on without him. I can probably uh, understand that they are maybe experiencing some kind of fear or anxiety, like, we need you on this boat, Jesus. So I don't know why Jesus had to make them get on the boat, but maybe you're kind of experiencing that right now as a parent. You're kind of having to maybe edge your child out of the nest, even though you don't want to. You know what's best for him. And so maybe you're experiencing that right now. Verse 23 says, after he dismissed the crowds, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. We don't know what Jesus prayed about in this moment. We have no idea. Maybe he was praying for God to give him strength. Or maybe he was praying for his disciples that he just sent off. I don't know. But what I do know is, is what a great action step for those of us who are sending our graduates out into the world. For us to take a moment and to pray. Listen, my mom growing up, she did not play when it came to prayer. If ever she heard one of us boys say, oh man, my my neck hurts. You want to pray about it? Anytime we had a big test coming up and we studied but we still felt nervous, she would say, hey, you want to pray about it? I can remember the time that I said, hey mom, I feel like I'm called to go on this mission trip to Ghana, Africa. She said, we are praying about that. We are definitely praying about that. I can remember when one of my brothers was going off for the weekend. He had graduated high school and he he lived at home. And I can remember him going off for the weekend. And listen, I like to think that that we were pretty good kids. We didn't give our parents too much trouble. And, And our parents knew that, but they also knew that we weren't perfect. And so my mom knew that one of my brothers was going off for the weekend. And you know what? She covered him in prayer She covered him in prayer. She prayed over things in his bedroom. She prayed over all four tires on his car. I mean, she covered him in prayer. Covered him in prayer. And so that's what I'm saying. If you are finding yourself, I don't really know what to do in this moment as I'm trying to send my child off. Start with prayer. Pray over them. You can't pray for them enough. When evening came, he was there alone. Who? Jesus. Jesus was there alone on the land. But the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. In other accounts of this story, other gospel accounts, we see that Jesus can tell that they're struggling from afar. He's like, oh man, yeah, they haven't even got two or three miles. And I've kind of been here for a good while. I I can tell that they're struggling. And so he makes this decision to go out to them on the water. And you know, something that I've noticed, that there's a big difference between land and water. Right? That's why some of us, we ain't never going on a cruise because we want to be able to touch this land right here. Like, that just makes us uncomfortable thinking about being in the middle of the ocean. But you know, when I think about growing up as a kid, it's a lot like being on the land. I mean, it felt very, very stable. I didn't have to worry about what I was going to eat. I didn't have to worry about what I was going to wear. My parents... Provided that for me. And listen, if there was any kind of financial troubles that our family went through, I didn't know anything about it. I mean, I was oblivious. It felt very secure and stable at home. But that minute I walked out the door, that minute that I started to go out on my own, it felt quite literally like being out in the middle of the ocean. It was a lot less stable as I started to add the title of husband and father, and I'm now responsible for myself. I could feel the instability there. And I'm sure that maybe as a parent, you're kind of feeling that right now. Listen, my, my wife and I, we have a great relationship. But both of us would tell you that the last five years of our marriage has kind of felt like navigating some uncharted waters. I bet our graduates and our graduate parents feel a lot like that. You kind of feel like you're just trying to feel your way through this. And so we see Jesus noticing that the disciples, they're struggling. And so he walks out to them and verse 26 says, But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, It's a ghost. And they cried out with fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, Take heart It is I. Do not be afraid. We see another instance like this in Exodus with Moses as he approaches the burning bush. He is very afraid of a bush on fire talking to him as most of us would be. And what does God say in that moment? I am. That is what Jesus is saying right here. Yahweh is here. I am. And so Peter, knowing that this is now Jesus... Ask him to ask him, ask Jesus to ask him to come out to him on the water. Peter takes this big, bold step of faith. Students, in this new season of life, your faith is going to require you to step out on your own. In the same way that none of the disciples were kind of elbowing Peter. Hey, man, you should go walk out there on the sea. In the, in the same way that nobody was saying, hey, Peter, you know it would be a cool idea if you did a cannonball in the ocean to Jesus and walked over there. to him. No, nobody was pushing Peter. In the same way, nobody's going to push you to follow Christ when you're on your own. Nobody's going to push you to dig into God's word. Nobody's going to push you to listen to worship music. Nobody's going to push you to reach out to your classmates and share the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's going to have to come from a desire in your heart as you pursue Jesus. Parents, did you notice what happened here in this story? Jesus took his hands off. He exercised letting go. He didn't just walk up to the boat and say, well, come on out, Peter. Just kind of step your foot in there. All right, it's a little cold. It's a little cold. No. He stood where he was, and he said, all right, come, Peter. Come on. And so, parents, it's hard to let go. I've been a parent for a year, and I have already experienced that. It's hard to take your hand off of the wheel. I think about my little girl. Hey, in the early days, the first few months, it was easy to feed her. We'd just use a bottle, right? And then when she got a little bit older, we'd spoon feed her. And she might get a little bit on her mouth, but then we could just kind of, it was nice and clean. There wasn't a big mess involved, but the moment that we started putting food on her plate for her to start feeding herself, it went everywhere, I can remember when we gave her a peach for the first time. It went everywhere. Listen, I brought a picture with me just to prove just how messy it can get when you let your child take hold of the wheel, right? She's got it from her hands to her elbows to her shirt. You can't see it, but it's in her hair. She's got peaches everywhere. I'm telling you, it's messy when you take your hands off the wheel because guess what? They're learning. They're learning. And so what I discovered was if I ever want Lennon, my daughter, to be self-sustaining. I'm going to have to take my hands off the wheel. But guess what? I'm just a first-year parent. I would love to hear, as I'm sure you would, somebody who's real seasoned, somebody who's real old, someone who's a little decrepit. You know, I'm sure maybe you'd like to hear somebody who is, uh, oh. well, hey, Pastor Jen, yeah, you, yeah, you. What's
0: it's been, it like? It's been nice working with you, Luke. Uh, <laughs> Anybody know, anybody looking for a student pastor's role? <laughs> Ours has just opened up, and uh, we'll be looking. For... Oh, the crap, seasoned is when you have more salt than pepper. Is that what that means? <laughs> because that's what it means. But I have been down that road. So, so think about the story for just a minute. Uh, if Jesus is in the parent role and Peter's in the graduate role in, in our dynamic and our story, the first thing that comes to my mind is, is that Jesus knew Peter was going to have a struggle mm-hmm. after he got out of the boat. But he invited him anyway. Mm, that's good he knew what was coming he knew that Peter was going to make some mistakes yeah invited him anyway hear me guys parents you made your mistakes you're going to have to let your kids make theirs mm. pray 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 I think you mentioned prayer is important pray. Pray, pray 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 that those mistakes won't be too awfully deep I remember saying to one of my sons in his late teens one day he was still living at home but had finished high school and and was running from the Lord in the moment and and he's walking out the door. I said, Adam, before you go, where are you headed? And he, he said, I'm just going out with some friends. I said, well, I, you know, could, could I pray for you before you go? And he said, well, sure, Dad. Uh, how do you, what do you want to pray? <laughs> and I said, well, uh, I have no doubt that you are going to be a mighty man of God one day. Right now you're struggling, and I get it. What I'd love to pray is that, um, that you don't make some mistakes right now that are so stupid that it's going to cost you for the rest of your life. And he said, yeah, you can pray that prayer. It's okay, you can pray that prayer. And I did pray that prayer. And now he's married and has a son and, and he's doing great. Uh, but the bottom line is uh, our expectations and our hopes for our kids are so grand, there's no way they're ever going to live up to them. It's mm. just not possible. It's not humanly possible. We have to allow them to learn from their mistakes, allow them to make their mistakes. We have to actually invite them out of the boat and say, come on, you got this. You, you can do this. And yet, you've got to be close enough by when those days come uh, that they know they are welcome to come home and receive love. In other words, don't turn their bedroom into your study the minute they walk out the door, okay? <laughs> welcome them home in those moments that they need that encouragement.
1: That's so good. And so we see Peter, he is actually doing it. He is walking on water in the text until this very next verse. It says, but when he saw the wind... He was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. See, guys, our eyes do such a great job of drawing our attention away from Christ. Students, there are so many things already fighting for your attention, and as you move into college, those things are only going to multiply so I don't have to stand here and list all of those things out. You're well aware of the things that are calling for your attention. But this is what I want you to hear is that when any of us lose sight of Christ, it should be no surprise to us that we begin to maybe feel ourselves sinking. Why? Because Christ is our confidence. That's how Peter walked on water. Not by Peter's confidence. Else he wouldn't have asked Jesus, ask me to come to you. No, he is operating under the confidence of Jesus. And so when he takes his eyes off of Christ, his confidence shifts back on him and he begins to sink. And so when we allow, to take, when we allow our eyes to wander off of Christ, guess what happens? Our confidence shrinks. But the bills, man, they look a lot bigger The sin feels a lot stronger. The hurt runs deeper. The temptation feels untamable and the diagnosis, well it grips us tighter. But hear me church, the reason we put our faith in Christ, the reason we have to focus in on Jesus while we are going through life is because the things that cause us to fear, the things that give us anxiety, Jesus has the power to put them under his feet where they belong. Jesus has the ability to turn the things that make us afraid into pavement so it's in that moment of Peter's despair that he looks up at a very stable Jesus and he cries out help me 31 Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him saying to him oh you of little faith Why? why did you doubt And when they got into the boat, guess what? That wind that he was so afraid of, it ceased. Students, when the time comes that you feel yourself sinking, when you feel unstable, cry out to Jesus. And he'll keep you from going under. Now parents, give your students space. But stay within arm's reach because there will be a moment, hold on, let me, not, let me not lie in church, there will be moments, plural, that they will need you to help them back up. Now, Pastor Jim, when your children, when they ever maybe took a misstep, how did you extend grace but at the same time help them learn from their mistakes?
0: Yeah, well, there's no question that they're going to make mistakes, and there's times when, when you got to be there. The, 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 I call it the art rather than the science. Yeah. The art of it is to trust the Holy Spirit to tell you when uh, you step in and when you step back, yeah. but always respect that they're adults now. Yes. And they're going to make their mistakes. And so, you know, those simple, subtle statements, you know, don't forget I'm here if you need me. Uh, is far different than you're blowing it, you got to get home, I got to fix this for you, mm. uh, because that demoralizes them for the next time. And so, that helping them to prepare for that future just by simply knowing Jesus is there, you can call him, I'm here, you can call on me anytime. And our boys, of course, are grown and they've got kids. My grand oldest grandson gets his driver's license this year. How on earth is that possible? But I mean, that's reality. Yeah. And yet, even in these years, there have been times when they called me and said, Dad, I'm not sure how to handle this. Uh, can you help me think through this? Or, mm-hmm. or <laughs> my favorite yeah. is when one of them called and said, uh, I get it. And I said, get what? He said, I just had a thing with my son, and now I know what you said, why you said what you said when I was his age, and and I get it. And it just felt so good to hear that. But he needed somebody to be able to say because he was unsure if he did the right thing. And so he called to say, hey, I think this is okay. And so just being there, that stability, that strength, not intruding, not invading, not disrespecting, their adultness yeah but always being there for them is is so huge um so that they know that you're there one of the hardest struggles for me as a dad was um my dad died quite young I was 19 when yeah. my dad died mm-hmm. and so all the way through the years that uh, that I raised my sons I would, you know, I would reference. How would Dad handle this? What would Dad do? What, yeah. what would Dad would have said in this situation? And then, as I had young adult sons, I found myself going, "But I don't, I don't know what Dad would have done at this season of my yeah. life." And so, I, but I had Jesus to lean into, That's and right. I had the Word of God to lean into. But to have had that, that place that I could call and say, "Hey, Dad." What do you do? How do you handle that? So I found spiritual fathers Mm. that I could call to help me in those scenarios. And so that's our role, parents, to be available, to be there without intruding, but to be there for them when they need us.
1: That's so good. I find myself in that same kind of situation that you mentioned your sons are in. I mean, I'm kind of in an interesting place. I'm so far displaced from graduation, but I mean, it was only like 10 years ago for me. And so now I'm, I'm fully into adulthood, and I, and I just start to see where my parents were right the whole time, right? You were so right. And I tell my parents that, oh man, I get it now. I get it. And so that's the point that we want to get to here is that parents, a soft place to land. For your students when they make mistakes. And that's what we see here at the end of this scripture. The end of this text ends in worship. Because Peter knew where to call. And his disciples, Jesus' disciples, they were able to witness this take place. Not just the walking on water, but just the way that Jesus handled Peter. Verse 33, then those who were in the boat worshiped with him sailing, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. What looked like a failure on Peter's part ended in worship because he knew where to call. So my big question to you, students, where do you want to land? Where do you want to land, students?
0: I can tell you where your parents want you to land. There is no greater joy, come on parents, than to know that your children are walking with the Lord. That's so good. Whatever you do to succeed, whatever job you get, career you have, money you make, ain't nothing better than knowing that your children are walking with the Mm. Lord.
1: That's so good, Pastor Jim. That's so good. And listen, I bet Peter wishes that he could have said, I walked all the way to Jesus, and I walked all the way back. And so I wonder, students, middle school, high school, college, what do you hope to say at the end of your middle school career, high school career, college career? Guys, do do you hope that you can look back and say that your hard work paid off? When you're finished, do you hope that people can look at your experience and say, oh yeah, God was all up in that. That day that you find yourself sitting in front of a potential employer, do you hope that you can sit there and not have to worry about what they might find on your social media? Because my goodness, the last four years you lived in for Jesus. Students, I got some big news for you today. You might want to just get right to the edge of your seat because this is pretty earth shattering for you. You're not a squirrel. You're not a squirrel. No, you're not a squirrel. So the best time for you to determine where you want to land is not when you're up in the air, but it's right now. When you set your sight, your feet will follow. And I know this because I see it in Hebrews chapter 12, 2 and 3. The author and perfecter of our faith, Jesus Christ, is talking about him here. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished. How many of you know it's easy to begin something? It's easy to start something. It's so much harder to finish it. Man, if I had a list of things right now that I began, it would go from the ceiling to the floor that I never finished. It would be unending. It is so much harder. To finish something you began. But as we look to Jesus, we see that He did just that. And that's why the scripture here says study how He did it, because He never lost sight of where He was headed. That exhilarating finish. In and with God. He put up with anything along the way. Cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor right alongside God. So when you find yourself flagging in your faith. Weak in your faith. Go over that story over and over again. Item by item. The long litany of hostility that Jesus had to plow through. That will shoot adrenaline to your souls. Jesus endured the cross. He endured the shame because he knew where he wanted to land, at the right hand of his Father. So taking our cues from Jesus, the best thing that you can do now so that you can land in a place that you're proud of at the end of your middle school, high school, college career is to make the decision to set your sight on Christ. And when you do, your feet will follow. When you set your sight Your feet will follow. Church, I want to close this morning praying that exact thing over our graduates. Would you stand with me right now together as we pray for our graduates? Listen, typically I would love to bring our graduates right down here to the stage. And I would love for us to just surround them. But obviously we can't do that today. And so if you have a graduate in your family with you today on your cluster, would you just put a hand on them as we pray together? Father, we come before you right now, and we are so humbled that even right now, Lord, we can speak to you and call out to you, Jesus. God, we thank you for our graduates, Charles and Devante, Hannah, Jackson, Caitlin, Lydia, Rebecca, Andrew, Bailey, David, Allen, Frankie, Jordan, Justin, Joshua, and Olivia. God, help them to to decide right now where they want to land. Our prayer, God, is that our students would want to land near you, that our students would want to set their sight on you. And I declare and believe right now that if they make the decision to set their sights on you right now, today, then they will look back on their life and they will see how your hand has moved throughout their life. And they won't have any other response but to worship You, God, protect them, please. Protect their hearts. Protect their minds. Protect their emotions. Protect their faith, God. And then send them out as ambassadors for Jesus Christ. And all God's people here in person and online together said, Amen, Amen, Amen.